We're here today with Shelby Babowski from Texas Humane Legislation Network. This is Conversation for the Animals, the Houston Pet Set podcast. I'm Tina Lundquist-Faust, co-president of Houston Pet Set. And Tama Lundquist, uh, uh, the other co-president of Houston Pet Set. Thank you for joining us, Shelby. Is there anything you'd like to t- um, tell us about Texas Humane Legislation Network, maybe for those that don't know what it is? Sure. So my name is Shelby Baboski. I'm the executive director of the Texas Humane Legislation Network. That is our C4 organization, as well as the Texas Humane Network, which is our C3. And the Texas Humane Legislation Network, our mission is to promote the humane treatment of animals through legislation and advocacy. And then our C3 has the same mission, but we promote that mission through education and training so we like to say the c4 passes the law and then the c3 educates and trains those on those laws that we pass we've been around for about 45 years and i'm just so happy to be on your show and our amazing partnership because you know you all help us so much at the capitol through your voices in houston Um, and speaking with your legislators. So thank you for that. Thank you. We're so glad to partner with you. It's been um, a long relationship. I think I became familiar with Texas Humane Legislation Network through one of our supporters, Susan Boggio, maybe 20 years ago. Um, You had had a chapter here in Houston, a chapter meeting on a Saturday, and that's not something I usually do on a Saturday, but I was actually (laughs) intrigued and and um, once once we learned what you do, um, it was it was um, easy to get on board and, and continue to um, to grow the the partnership. So we've yeah. worked together a long time, especially closely with you. But this last session was really really critical. There were lots of highs and lots of lows. Do you want to just give us a a short recap and and just so you know. Um, Last week, we talked with Senator Lucio about this this topic as well, the author of SB5. But to catch everybody up, can you just um, recap this past year? Absolutely. So um, we are thrilled after a six-year journey that THLN, along with all of its amazing uh, supporting partners like yourself and animal advocates throughout the state, we were able to pass the Safe Outdoor Dogs Act. Uh, It passed back um, through the House and Senate in June. Uh, It was vetoed, but then was brought back in the third special session and then was passed October 25th. So it's interesting because I know that we spoke before the law had passed and now it's after and all the great things that have happened with this particular law. So as I mentioned, it passed in October and then it didn't actually go into effect until January 18th. 2021. So, you know, Stacy and I kind of called each other and said, okay, we're, we're really exhausted, but now we've got to get ready because when this law passes, we want citizens, advocates, law enforcement to have a place to go see what kind of resources there are. So we were able to create on our website a resource page, and we call it um, the Safe Outdoor Dog Act, a new day for Texas dogs. And if you go there, there is just a plethora of great information 
on this particular law, because as you all remember, there was a lot of confusion. So we have very basic fact sheets that Texas Animal Control Association and law enforcement throughout the state are using. And it's really just showing citizens in English and in Spanish, what does the new law do? Um, I have three kids and I love something that's very easy. So it's a lot of pictures, how you can use a cable tie out, what is a proper dog house and so forth. So not only do we have, um, you know, what we would call them FAQs or instructions on how to follow the Safe Outdoor Dogs app, but we also have resources for those underserved communities. So it's been going really great. Shelby, aren't you also doing some training with law enforcement agencies on these on these laws and how to best enforce them? Correct. Excellent question. So actually, a lot of law enforcement agencies reached out to us and said, do you mind coming and telling us about this new law? And we'll invite all the surrounding counties. So that's actually been great. Stacy was in East Texas. Um, I was in Chambers County. We've been to South Texas and West Texas. And what we did is we invited judges, district attorneys, county attorneys, um, local animal shelters, the ones that will be giving the tickets um, if necessary. And then those advocates and rescues. And we brought them all in the same room and said, here's the law. And you all need to figure out within your own community how you are going to enforce it. And it's been incredibly successful. And in fact, um, many cities have decided to ban tethering altogether. Uh, for example, Lufkin, Texas, we are so proud of them because they looked at the law and said, you know, we can do better than this and we're going to ban it altogether. Wow. So they had a citizens town hall and they explained to their citizens why they were doing it. And it's been incredibly effective so far. So a lot of communities were somewhat, you know, um, forced to kind of look at how they deal with those dogs that live permanently outside and have come up with even better solutions. That's so great. It's just moving forward the mission to better care for animals in this state. And it's so necessary. When we drive around and we look around, we see that animals are suffering everywhere. And it's it's part of the culture, unfortunately. And those laws are what change culture. So this is so important to change that culture because we know that's what will, will ultimately be the solution to the problem. Hands down. And you bring up a good point. You know, some of these underserved communities really don't have anywhere to go. And that's why I believe in Houston Pet Sets mission, because you guys are the boots on the ground and you get out there in those communities and you're helping them. So, you know, what we ask, we truly ask citizens, you know, don't come after law enforcement, work with them, don't work against them and try to help them implement this law. We have seen such amazing partnerships throughout the state. A couple examples in Marble Falls, the shop teacher reached out to Stacy Sutton Kirby, who's the director of government relations and said, we'd love to build some dog houses for our community members. And, you know, we're reaching out to um, certain groups, some young professionals Mm -hmm. in another part of the state. They are actually doing a dog house contest. And so there's going to be 75 dog houses, hopefully, um, made. And then they're going to do a contest on the best one as a fundraiser for the shelter. So there's just been these amazing um, stories of people truly coming together and, you know, supporting one another. When I went to Chambers County, 
the there are two animal control officers basically for the whole county it's unbelievable and in that meeting with advocates and other supporters she said y'all i would just love a couple of cable tieouts mm-hmm. and that turned into several being sent into her so now when she goes out into the community she can take the chain off a dog and she can use a cable tieout and help them install it properly because we know as one of the arguments well you know you have to have a chain with these strong dogs you actually don't so we've really seen nothing but excitement and law enforcement really wanting to enforce this law. There have been a couple of instances where I feel that people confuse the Safe Outdoor Dogs Act with animal cruelty, and they're saying, well, this bill doesn't do anything. Remember, we have an animal cruelty statute on the books, and it's very strong, but sometimes there's a bit of confusion. The whole point of Safe Outdoor Dogs, right, was to get to the cruelty before it begins. Exactly. So we're, um, we, are, we are feeling very good about the partnerships and the communities that have come together to make this law successful. Well, it's, it's so important not to just pass the laws, um, the work doesn't end. Um, it didn't end on October 25th when the law was passed. It The work just started because then THLN as an organization goes behind and supports the, um, the intent of the law, and that is to protect animals. So you guys are doing so much. Houston Pet Set has done that. We, you know, we've been buying dog houses. We've been buying yes. cable tieouts and tethers and, you know, just saying, yes, we need to not only um, educate law enforcement animal control officers about what the laws say and how to enforce them, but then we need to be there with the resources. And mm-hmm. so I think that's really important that people understand that the work doesn't end you know, when the session ends. And if I may add, we also paid for the training of law officers uh, with HPD. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that these officers needed that training. And um, it's the first time that they will have that level three training um, in HPD ever, the first right. time. And so there were, we started out with a few officers. I think there were 18 in that classroom last week when we did a press conference there with HPD. Um, and we were so happy to support that that program yeah. because the law officers need these this this instruction in order to enforce these new laws. So as Tina said, the work didn't stop when the bill was passed. It just began. And, you know, it's, we're doing a great job collaborating, but, um, you know, it's a lot of community effort on this too, isn't it, Shelby? I mean, it's a lot of community effort. It truly is. I'm sorry. That's Fern, uh, my beautiful rescue from Houston Humane Society, actually. Can we see you? Her? Can we see her? Let me, let me see. Okay, hold on one second. Let me bring her down because she is just my office mate. Fernie. Fern. Okay, wait. Oh, let me see her. Good Fernie. Say oh, hi. my God. Beautiful eyes. She's healthy mommy. She's my huntress and she's my office mate too. I love her. Um, she keeps me very company. She keeps me company. But, you know, I do want to get back to You brought up such a good point with law enforcement. And here's why. Texans need to know that with respect to law enforcement, when they go out into the field, the only training that is required of them regarding animals is a four hour canine encounter class. And that was passed by our organization back in 2015 because there was this terrible uptick 
in police officers shooting family pets. And that was because they had never encountered um, a dog or when they had um, in the past, the dog had been shot and or the dog bit them. And so it was terrible. So we were able to pass an in, you cannot do it online. You have to be in a classroom and it is part of a certain mandatory training they have to take for certain peace officer types. So what I always ask community members when they get frustrated that law enforcement either gets the law wrong or they don't know the law, they've never been trained on it. So what I love that you all are doing is you are training animal control officers because it's not that a police officer does not want to investigate animal cruelty. They might not understand the Mm -hmm. law. And imagine all the laws they have to learn, correct? So that's part of our mission too with our C3 is that we are trying to train as many police officers, law enforcement, sheriff's deputies, whoever, on the animal cruelty law in Texas because they've never had it before. So bravo to you all for bringing that forth and training them. Well, and a big shout out to Commander Borza and um, police officer, um, Houston Police Chief Finner for being open to this and for, for seeing the importance of it because we also know it's a gateway crime. Animal crimes are a gateway crime. So um, it is important for their officers to not only know how to properly handle the animals and the laws around them, but it also gives them excuse sometimes to investigate other crimes, which we know um, animal crimes and, and some of these things lead to even worse crimes. So it's uh, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's It's... It can be a holistic issue. So, Shelby, um, oh, we're here with Shelby Babowski, um, Executive Director of THLN. I'm Tina Lundquist Faust, Co President of Houston Petset, and Tama Lundquist, other Co President. So, um, we had a great session last year, um, really, really victorious with the, um, the um, Safe Outdoor Dog Act. Is it too early to talk about what, um, what's coming up in the next legislative session and what THLN is planning? It is never too early. <laughs> and that's, oh no, that's the problem. We need, yeah. we need rest. We no. need another year. <laughs> it used to seem like the sessions were so far in between. And now right. it's like, oh no, it's, it's happened so quickly. It is right around the corner. Yeah. And, you know, for us, it's really a different, it's, it's a different ball game because we tried for six years to pass the Safe Outdoor Dogs Act, right? And now that it's done, we don't have to carry over that bill, right. which quite frankly is lovely, but that means that the interim is prime time for us to research. So for those of you who don't know, Texas is a very unique state in that we have the, the legislature meets every two years for six months. So many other states, they meet every year. We're every two years. So usually during the session, it happens in odd years, you meet from June, sorry, January to June. And then the rest of the time, we literally prepare for the next session because like you said, it's right around the corner. And so what does that mean? We look at issues that affect the state and they usually are statewide. We see, you know, if we pass this bill, how many animals would that affect? We have kind of this secret sauce of a formula that goes into what other issues we tackle. So we look at those, we start drafting the bills, we look at other states and see what recent legislation has passed in those states. And is that something that we could use in Texas? One of my favorite things about Texas Humane and also Houston Pet Set is we follow no national agenda. 
We are by Texans for Texans. And so we don't try to fit another law or bill into Texas. It's what's good for Texans and their pets. So we have already been hard at work. We have a ton of amazing law students that do for free um, a lot of legal research for us. And then we do a lot of factual research as well. So we are definitely looking at the next session. And, you know, what most importantly, what is the likelihood of success? Mm-hmm. Um, as you all know, we would love to just halt this terrible crisis of overpopulation. But sometimes that does not fit into a statewide um, statewide bill. And so we always kind of, you know, again, we look at the different things that take what what it takes to make a bill successful. And then we go from there. Great. Well, we're looking forward to working with you in the next session. And we know that there's important work to be done. And it's so important that people support Texas Humane Legislation Network and your nonprofit. You know, if you want to give that at the end, we would love for supporters to be regular donors to you because that helps support the work that we do locally. And we, we say where we can't educate, we have to legislate. And truly, it's it's um, difficult to think about where Houston and Texas would be without your organization. Earlier this year, we also passed some local ordinances in Houston, and THLN was also helpful in that. You don't just work statewide. You work with the local um, governments. Do you want to talk about that as well? I would love to because I am shouting Houston's praises from the rooftops. So, you know, and we're so fortunate that Stacy Sutton Kirby was hired on as our director of government relations so that we can tackle some local issues. And Houston was one that we knew really needed some advice and some reviewing of their local ordinances to make to make a better city for their pets. You know, a lot of cities have not reviewed their local ordinances in quite some time. And that's because they're busy. Sometimes it's crisis by crisis because, you know, they have puppy or kitten season, which really doesn't exist in Texas anymore, right? Or they're trying to build a shelter. But what we try to advise cities is go in and look at your ordinances and see if you can update them. Because there are some fantastic ordinances that are making all the difference in in their local communities. And so we had started working with a couple of city council members, the talented Council Member Alcorn and her staff really wanted to tackle this. And we worked with them for about six to nine months on just, you know, what are other big cities doing? You know, my favorite part is Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, they all kind of like to compete with each other. So once you tell Houston that Dallas and San Antonio is already doing something, you know, they're well on their way. So there were some great ordinance updates with respect to microchipping, um, which I think will really be helping uh, the citizens in Houston. There was also some money granted to help Bark um, that was given by the mayor, which was phenomenal. But truly the one that we are so excited about is the pet store ordinance. So starting January 1st, 2023, there will be no more selling of puppies and pet stores unless it is under a humane model. And so it's really an exciting, exciting day in Houston. I believe there were six stores approximately that were selling puppies. And, you know, from a policy standpoint, it didn't really make sense. You all know you are 
killing yourselves to save every single um, puppy dog from the streets. And, and you're killing sh- animals. Yes, yes. You are shipping hundreds of animals out on a regular basis. So why should puppy mills and their local brokers and the pet stores be shipping thousands of puppies into your city? It's just from a policy standpoint, it was ridiculous. And we're not saying that you can't go get a Cocker Spaniel do or, you know, a multi-poo. We're saying look within locally and go to your local breed clubs. But even before that, go to your shelters. Shelters right now have your breed you're looking for as a puppy. I mean, truly, um, you just need to do a little extra research. And that's all we're asking when January 1st hits. It's so rare that uh, a product comes into a marketplace and you just dispose of already good product. It doesn't make sense. As you said, from a policy standpoint, from an economic standpoint, you look at what we do. We literally kill animals because we have too many. It's a fact of, of living in a city where there are hundreds of thousands of strays on our streets. We have to kill them. But as you said, why should the puppy mills then that aren't treating these animals fairly or humanely be able to ship these animals into these puppy stores? It just makes no sense. And as you said, we're not against responsible breeders at all. Um, you know, my Westie was the love of my life. My Sonny is, is a street dog, and I'm beginning to love him just as much. But it's not against breeders. It's against irresponsible breeding. And the majority, if not all, 90%, 100% of pet stores were getting puppy mill dogs. And they're also the dogs that are sick, and they wind up in our shelters because people really can't afford to care for their medical needs because they've been so poorly bred and cared for after after they were born. We see now Colorado, I don't know if you saw this, but a friend of mine lives in New York and there are huge numbers of golden doodles, any kind of oodle going all over the East Coast because they've been overbred. Finally, they're reaching capacity and um, it's, it's unfortunate because these animals are suffering and then all the other dogs suffer because they get left in the shelters longer longer um, periods of time but this is what we're up against these massive breeding places that um, are clogging up our system and and causing us as you said to transport thousands of dogs out of our city every year while we're transporting sick puppies in yeah and if if i may in 2020 during the pandemic puppies were the number one product sold And for us hearing that, it kind of breaks our hearts, right? Because we worked so hard to get these um, dogs off the streets and into loving homes. I will say this, uh, the city council members voted unanimously on these ordinance updates. So please thank them because it was the right thing to do. And you will hear from now until January 1st, the people that would uh, profit off of puppies being sold in pet stores understand that they are trying to overturn Mm -hmm. this ordinance. And they say things like, there's going to be a black market created. Totally is wrong. There is no black market. You can go and get a dog. the black market. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny because some of the things they're saying is, 
well, now you're going to create this black market of puppies. It doesn't exist. You can purchase any puppy you want on the internet right now. So that doesn't make sense. They've also said, well, yes, but we don't buy our puppies from puppy mills. We get them from USDA breeders. That is a farce as well, because we know from something called a certificate of veterinary inspection that when a puppy comes into the state of Texas, we know where those puppies are coming from, not because Texas requires it, but all these other states. So we can trace that puppy back to a breeding facility. And when you have 430 dogs, when you have changed the name of your facility three times, when you are selling dogs that have known congenital defects, you are a puppy mill. Yes. And so anyways, any argument that they've been able to come up with, it's very simple to combat immediately. Well, and I think and we're running out of time here. And as usual, we could talk forever and ever. But I think what people need to understand is when they go to what they say is a reputable breeder. Well, they said, you know, it's they only breed um Two, two litters per year, all the dogs live inside, that um, breeder very likely could be getting animals shipped in from a puppy mill, and they're just a distributor. They are just the middleman between the puppy mill and the consumer. So don't always believe that. Don't trust people that are making money off of the backs of dogs and cats. Um, you have to do very, very thorough and deep research. So... Um, Anyway, thank you. Oh, go ahead, Stacey. Yeah, I was just going to say, and that leads into next session. So I hope Houston Petsat is with us. One of, our, um, one of our bills and one of part of our mission will be to strengthen the Texas Licensed Breeder Program. Great. Because we all know that you can't outlaw puppy mills. It's impossible. But what you can do is you can regulate them and make sure that when you have 400 puppies, you are giving them the basics that they need. Mm -hmm. And right now, do you know in Texas, in order to qualify under the licensed breeder program, you have to have 11 or more breeding females. Well, that's insane to us. We need to lower that number and bring more people into the program. Because again, if we stop the sale of these puppy mill puppies coming into Texas, we should strengthen um, the breeder program and ensure that good, like you said, reputable breeders are um, coming under the program. And like you said earlier, you need to meet the parents of the puppy that you that you purchase and that will never be available in a pet store. So again, um, we hope you're with us and that's just a sneak peek to next legislative session. And let's also think about the um, enforcement of those of those um, puppy mill um, laws and acts too, because the enforcement is going to be important too. You're so great at educating us. It's just so wonderful, Shelby, to have you here, to have you in our lives, to have you a partner with Houston Pet Set, um, and to have you in Texas. As Tina said, what would Texas animal welfare look like without you? I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about what it looks like without THLN. So really um, a, a change maker for the state and for the animals. And we are with you next season, 100%. Absolutely. We we very awesome. much will support this and expect to see us um, trudging, Not financially, though. 
Yeah. 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 Trudging up the steps of the Capitol again, um, waving our little flag and 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 um, making our voices heard on behalf of Houston's animal nonprofits and Houston's animals. So thank you, Texas Animals, actually. Well, I, I love this quote by um, Lieutenant Jimmy Doolittle, who said, nothing is as strong as the heart of a volunteer. Mm -hmm. And that's what you are when you go down to the Capitol and you are using your voice on behalf of the animals. And we are so appreciative. A five minute phone call can change your legislator's yes. mind. Mm -hmm. So we truly appreciate it. And Thank we you appreciate so everybody behind us making those calls, yes. making a difference, letting their voices be heard. There were armies of people calling and they need to pat themselves on the back today and every day uh, for what they did for the animals. And our supporters, Houston oh, Pet Set supporters, gosh. because having their support allows us, having our incredible Houston Pet Set team allows us to be able to, to work on these legislative issues. So yay, stronger together. Stronger together. Thank you so much, ladies. We we wouldn't be us if we if it wasn't for you either. So thank you. Likewise, we love you. Thank you, Shelby. All right, guys. Take Bye. care.